Welcome and thank you for joining us. You are listening to Gaining Christ Audio, a ministry designed to teach the absolute truth of God from the Bible to encourage you in your knowledge of God, in your confidence, satisfaction, and faithfulness in Him, or so that you will hear the gospel of God and be reconciled to God if you are not already. In this podcast, we will continue our discussion on the origin of the universe, specifically highlighting the theory of Big Bang, providing a general description of Big Bang as well as an evaluation as we hold up the theory to scientific data, the laws of physics, and the physical evidences in our universe in order to most encourage you in your journey in truth. Two podcasts ago, we detailed some of the marvel of our amazing universe, looking at the astronomical size and symmetry of this space and region that contains us called the universe, beginning with the smallest of of items, the subatomic particles, atoms, and the 118 elements combined making compounds that are the building blocks for all energy and matter in our universe. And we looked at the grandiose size of the universe as well, beginning with the planet Earth, which is a big sphere of mass in a large solar system in a mind-boggling huge galaxy, the Milky Way where light traveling at 186,000 miles per second requires 100,000 years to canvas through our galaxy, the Milky Way, and how the Milky Way contains 100 billion stars approximately and 200 billion planets, and our galaxy is one of 100 to 200 billion galaxies in the entire universe. What an an amazing universe in which we live. And the question is, how did this beautiful astronomical symmetrical universe actually begin? That is a super significant question. Of course, either it has a designer, a creator, namely God himself, or somehow our universe self-created, and this is what we will consider today. I will start by saying I'm not a scientist or an astrophysicist. However, I have studied a lot of information, and the good news is you can too, as there are tremendous sources of great information that are available to you and me, and I will cite some of these sources at the end of the podcast that show us that the Bible and science are not in conflict with one another. Actually, they are very, very good friends. But the truth of God in our world is increasingly rejected by mankind due in favor to secularism, naturalism, and man-centered philosophies as this storyline began in Genesis 3 when Satan called God a liar. And when you think about all the theories, the philosophies, and the explanations that run contrary to the Bible, you ask yourself, why do these exist? 
Well, a host of reasons, one of which is because many in our world want no accountability to God. If there's no God, then there's no accountability. We're looking for an explanation of life and its purpose, but we do not want to give credit to God or confess or admit that God exists because we want somehow no accountability if, if that were even possible. And furthermore, because there is a concerted effort to confuse, deceive, and blind mankind from the truth. And so the purpose of this podcast is to reveal truth, to encourage you in the truth of God in order to build your confidence in God and the truth of God. And to do this, we will take a look at the most popular explanation for the origin and development of our universe and life within it in our world today, the Big Bang Theory. And we'll start with the origin of the Big Bang Theory. Basically, the Big Bang Theory began in the 1920s when a Belgian priest and physicist and professor of physics at the university in Belgium, Georges Lemaitre, proposed that the universe was actually expanding, that galaxies were moving apart. And then a couple of years later, Edwin Hubble, the Hubble telescope, confirmed observationally that galaxies were actually moving away from each other, which then led Lemaitre to theorize that the universe was traced to an original single starting point, that the reason that the universe is expanding is that it must have started in some point and then move forward. So then he wrote what was known as the hypothesis of the primeval atom that suggested the universe had an origin in a single point. And this theory and this idea concept grew and later became known as what is the Big Bang Theory, which caught a lot of traction in the 1960s in our world and is spreading today. So let's look at the Big Bang Theory and do our best to explain the theory itself, give a general description of the theory. This is a general description. It's not a thorough one, but it it gives enough detail for our purposes today. So here is the Big Bang Theory. 13.8 billion years ago, when there was absolutely nothing that exists, but apparently something. There was nothing that existed, but there was something known as singularity. And this was a period when all the current universe was tightly contained in a exceedingly small, smaller than a pinhead, super hot ball of energy at a temperature of around 180 million trillion trillion degrees Fahrenheit. That everything, when there was nothing, was somehow contained in a small teeny ball of energy. And then at this, there was a moment, a starting point, when this energy expanded rapidly. And in less than a second, 
this energy super expands faster than the speed of light and then begins to cool. And then 100 seconds after the initial bang, the temperature of this energy drops to 2 billion degrees Fahrenheit, where subatomic particles begin to develop, 99% of which were hydrogen and helium nuclei. Not full atoms, just the nuclei, the subatomic particles. And then three minutes to 250,000 years after this initial bang, the universe exists in what is known as a plasma soup, a growing liquid, 400,000 times denser than water liquid that was expanding rapidly. And then 350,000 years after this initial uh, explosion or movement of this singularity hot energy, hydrogen atoms begin to form. And then light begins to form. And then one million years later, hydrogen and helium gases begin to compress as they cool and they form matter. And then 400 years after the beginning of the bang, the gravity of the gases and the dust in this rapidly growing energy-driven mass begins to collapse and begins to heat and then compress so tightly that it initiates nuclear fusion of hydrogen atoms, subsequently forming stars. And then 4.6 billion years ago from today, so about 9 billion years after the bang, but 4.6 billion years ago, our current solar system developed our sun was formed. And then 100 million years later, the earth was formed as the gases cooled and hardened. And then 1 billion years after that, 3.5 billion years ago, somehow by an asteroid that hit our planet, bringing with it a water supply, somehow chemicals got into the water supply and germinated somehow from from non-biological life a single cell living organism which then replicated and grew into the biological life that we now are and live in in our world this is a summary of the big bang theory which is the number one explanation and system of belief in our world today on how our universe began and subsequently developed. Well, there are, as you may know, tremendous problems with this theory, major problems with the Big Bang Theory. And we're going to give you nine of the biggest problems or some of the biggest problems with the Big Bang as you evaluate what you think is true as you further are grounded in what you know is true and as we try to help you. The, the major problems with the Big Bang, problem number one is the theory problem. We call this the theory problem. The Big Bang is simply a theory. It is not a proven evidential 
scientifically proven explanation of the universe. It's a hypothesis derived from unseen and unfounded ideas. The definition of theory. A theory is an idea or set of ideas intended to explain something, such as an object, subject, occurrence, or event, that is possibly true, but not known or proven to be true. Which means that the Big Bang Theory is not a scientific theory. It's a philosophy. It's an idea. It's a concept based on assumptions and potential probabilities. Science, on the other hand, is defined this way. Real knowledge derived from the study of real evidence or the knowledge of the natural world around us through the study of real evidence. The Big Bang is not the study of evidence. It's a theory. It's a philosophical theory, and it requires hypothetical assertions to stand in, in, in many different assertions that are not scientifically proven, actually that conflict with evidence and science in order for this philosophy to have any kind of grounding at all. Singularity, inflation, dark matter, dark energy, Oort clouds, etc. Just a few concepts that are not proven, that are asserted to try to give legs to this non-scientific theory. Problem number two, the naturalism only problem. The, naturali- <laughs> the naturalism only problem is that for the Big Bang cosmologist, he asserts that there is no God. This theory of Big Bang is atheistic in nature. It's naturalistic. It gives no account or consideration to God. So therefore, it's like the best theory that is available if one insists on rejecting God. You, God must be eliminated from the equation. It, it all must be explained naturalistically. It's kind of like, could you imagine this? That you're look you're, you're you're looking at a a lunar rocket on a launching pad that that's about to take off and all of a sudden it fires off and it shoots up into the sky and someone asks well what is that how did that get there and 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 you're told to explain what this rocket is and how this rocket got to that launching pad and then subsequently lifted in the air without acknowledging NASA any human engineers, any manufacturing, any parts being brought in, any delivery of the of the rocket to the launching pad itself. You've just got to explain that somehow on its own, this object self-created and then flew up into the sky. That would be insane. Well, that is basically what people do by denying the supernatural and denying what is obvious. They are left with naturalistic explanations for how this universe got started without acknowledging the truth and the other evidences that is out there. The naturalism only problem. Problem number three with the Big Bang is the nothing equals nothing problem, which is basically that (laughs) nothing cannot create anything. It is impossible for nothing to create 
anything or have any mass or substance to itself whatsoever because nothing equals nothing. In the Big Bang Theory, when there is nothing except basically a small ball of hot energy, that's not nothing. So you can't say that that we started with nothing, but there was something there that's not considered to be anything but nothing itself. They, they say that all of the universe, the energy and all of the mass of the universe basically started from nothing, something so small that it is basically nothing. That is a huge problem. Problem number four, the conservation principle of mass and energy problem, also known as the first law of thermodynamics. Basically, scientifically, what this means is that it is scientifically proven that all energy and mass in the universe is constant. That energy and mass can neither be created nor destroyed. It's fixed. Certainly, it can be transmuted, meaning you can convert energy to mass and mass to energy and mass if you break down the particles into other objects and other form. H2O is a good example that it can be liquid, it can be a solid ice, it can be in a gaseous state. That is that H2O is transmuted in different forms, but you cannot destroy or create or expand on it. It's constant. You cannot have any new mass or new energy made. For example, if you're asked to deliver a pizza to someone and you have a box that you will put your pizza in and all you have to start your pizza is one slice of, of pepperoni, that's it. There is no way that you can increase the size of your current pizza, which is only one slice of pepperoni, into anything more than that mass. If you could break down the, 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 the particles and the atoms of the pepperoni and somehow rearrange them into dough, for example, you could turn the, the pepperoni pizza into dough, but you would have the same amount of mass. Or you could light the pepperoni on fire and turn the mass into energy, and you would subsequently burn off and disintegrate part of the edges of the pepperoni. But there's no way to actually have more in your box than what you began with. This is the, the conservation principle, mass and energy. And so that means that the universe that we have today, all of the parts of the universe today were basically all the parts that we had of the universe at start. But this start was nothing. Think about that. That the entire universe was somehow contained in a ball of energy that was basically nothing. It's impossible. Problem number five, the energy to mass problem. Now, it, it is absolutely scientifically proven that you can transmute energy into mass and mass into energy. E equals mc squared. The energy of an object is equal to its mass times the speed of light squared. It's a constant formula. And as you know that you can take a little bit, a little bit of mass and create an astronomical amount of energy. 
For example, the atomic bomb is, is an example. Unfortunately of that, it's very destructive. But atoms splitting, the fusion of atoms create this huge amount of power. However, whenever you transmute or convert energy into mass, it, ta- it requires an astronomical amount of energy to produce a minimal amount of mass. It takes a minimal amount of mass to produce an astronomical amount of energy. And on the reverse, it requires an astronomical um, amount of energy to then be converted into a little minimal part uh, uh, amount of mass. But the Big Bang Theory asserts that this entire universe, all of the mass of our universe, was at one time contained in a teeny ball of energy. Granted, hot energy, but a teeny ball of energy smaller than a pinhead that that somehow was transmuted by this rapid expansion into all the mass that we have in our universe. Now think about that. A pinhead of energy into the mass of our universe, knowing that it requires an astronomical amount of energy just to produce a little bit of mass. We're not talking about a little ball of energy into a bathtub or a little ball of energy into a school bus. I mean, that's hard for me to even imagine there. Like a little pin, smaller than the pinhead to a school bus, not even the Empire State Building or our planet Earth or just our solar system or just the Milky Way galaxy. We're talking about hundreds of billions of galaxies and all the mass and all the life that is in our solar system and our planet and the symmetry of it contained one time, one time in a teeny, almost nothing ball of energy, the entire universe. Do you really think that is possible? Just think about that. The entire universe in a teeny ball of energy. Problem number six is the missing antimatter problem. So again, it is scientifically proven that you can convert mass to energy. All right, we're examples of that. The human body is mass to energy with food breakdown, etc. And you can transmute energy to mass. Again, it takes a lot, a lot of energy just to make a little mass. However, whenever energy is converted to mass, which is the building block of the Big Bang Theory, singularity, hot energy to mass, scientifically proven, the the transfer of energy into mass always produces an equal amount of antimatter in the process. So matter is made up of subatomic particles, atoms, neutrons, protons, and electrons, and each of these have charges. Typically, protons have positive charges. The electrons have negative charges. So whenever energy is converted to the mass with those charges, there's always an equal amount in a pair of those charges of antimatter with the opposite charges every time, scientifically proven evidence laboratory every single time. And here is what 
is extremely interesting. Our entire universe is mostly all matter. There is very minimal antimatter. So in other words, if the Big Bang were actually true, and energy, little energy, was transmuted into all of this mass and energy too, but all this mass, and there would be an equal amount of antimatter in the universe equal to the amount of matter in the universe. And there's hardly any antimatter whatsoever. Problem number seven, the star formation problem. So in the Big Bang Theory, the way that matter and stars actually form was through the compression of large quantities of helium, hydrogen, and helium gases. That these gases would, they compress like nebulae, would begin to compress somehow by the gravitational pull of the gas and the dust upon itself, compress, and then these gases would heat and, 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 and they'd pressurize and they would form these stars like our sun, for example. Well, here, here's the problem. Whenever gas is compressed, it it does heat. And it, it does not cool. It actually continues to heat. And whenever gas heats as it's compressed, it creates pressure. And pressure will resist the formation of any stars. So therefore, the the concept of stars being formed by the compression of gas is scientifically impossible. They could never form this way. In addition, the, the magnetic field of the gas itself, which was minimal, but as it, as it compressed into a smaller, smaller substance, would have a large magnetic field uh, compared to the size of this ball, this star, if you will, that would again push against the formation of the star because the, the two poles would work against one another and, and it would it would create resistance. You could not have stars forming through the compression of gas. Impossible. Problem number eight, the symmetry problem. is As the Big Bang Theory suggests, the universe started randomly. A plasma soup a few minutes after the initial boom, explosion, acceleration of, of energy in space that, uh, that somehow began to form and order itself into all of this symmetrical universe in which we live, where scientific formulas are always constant no matter where you apply them. E equals mc squared, the, the formula of gravity, is consistent everywhere. Rate equals distance divided by time. And the subatomic particles and the transmutation of, of, of particles into other objects or other forms, H2O, for example, how, how amazingly symmetrical our universe is and somehow it just started randomly by this chaos well, that conflicts with science. The second law of thermodynamics indicates that energy left to itself declines and it becomes more disordered. In other words, it would be impossible, impossible for you to take some matter, let's say some, some metal 
and some plastics and some glass and some rubber, just random, you know, atoms of these materials and, and throw them in a shoebox. And somehow th- this material would then organize and order itself and create itself into a watch or a computer or a rocket or a universe. Scientific laws that are proven do not allow for order and self-creation to exist from energy or matter itself. Impossible. Problem number nine with the Big Bang Theory is, of course, that it completely contradicts the Word of God. It's the Word of God problem. The Bible says how the universe was created. God states how the universe was created. The Big Bang denies the creation of count in the Bible, making God a liar. It's a denial of the truth of God. Again, the Big Bang theory is an atheistic philosophy. Many people believe it, and many of the men and women that subscribe to this formula and work to try to enhance it and protect it are exceedingly intelligent people, especially on paper. But they work, again, from the concept that God cannot be considered in developing whatever theory we have. And God has told us in the Bible how the universe began. And more on that in a podcast or two. And then lastly, the logic problem. Let me ask you this, my friend. Do you really think, just stop for a moment, do you really think that This entire universe, 93 billion light years in size and expanding, all the galaxies, all the nebulae, all the stars, all the planets, our solar system, the symmetry of it began from basically nothing except a super hot, minuscule ball of energy that randomly fired forward and transmuted into all of this organized, symmetrical mass. Just think about that. Do you really think that? Well, a lot of people do. And it is, again, it is a hypothetical, philosophical, non-scientific theory that is layered with problems and contradictions beyond what we have exposed to you already out of our list of of nine or 10. So the question is, from here, why do so many people believe this theory? Well, here's some reasons why so many people believe in the Big Bang Theory. Number one, it's a permeating message. We're indoctrinated by this message, this theory from our birth. TV shows, magazines, cartoons, textbooks, movies, documentaries are all supporting this non-scientific theory. And this is what people hear. So it's in our minds consciously and subconsciously. And so we just automatically assume it to be true. Another reason is in 1963, the United States government, at least just speaking for the U.S. government, removed Bibles and the creation account and prayer out of schools. In 1962, studies show that 67% of high school graduates believed in the Bible and the creation account. Today, 2% of 
of high school graduates believe in the Bible. One out of 50. Another reason that people believe or accept or embrace part of the Big Bang Theory is that simply it's just complicated. The whole theory, all the facts, all the apparent science, everything is just way over my head. So it's so so difficult, so complicated, it must be true, or I give up. Look, do not give up. Use your brain. God gave you and me a brain. There is plenty of excellent material out there that can teach you these truths. Hopefully this podcast is one of them. But people give up and they say, well, I I guess it's true. It's so complicated and so many formulas, etc. Number four is the duration of it all. In other words, anything can happen in an extremely long period of time. 14 billion years, I guess it could happen. That's what people think. I can't imagine a million years, much less a billion or 13.8 billion. So I guess I guess it could happen. I guess if you took one, one little screw and you put it in your garage and you waited 13 billion years When you opened your garage after that time, you possibly could have an F1 racing car ready to drive in your garage. It could happen somehow. I mean, there's so much time that elapsed, I guess it could happen. That's what people think. You see, the duration seems to yield credibility into this philosophy. And fifthly, people believe or embrace part of the Big Bang Theory because Actually, there are some individual aspects of the theory that have on their own individual merit with science. Not most of them, certainly not the whole equation, but parts of the theory do have some scientific credibility to them. Parts, not the whole. And, 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 and that's similar to another theory. I'll explain. Where there's parts of a theory that has credibility, but the whole lacks credibility. For example, um, our world has a North and South Pole. True? True. The North Pole, it's a real place. It's very cold there, but you can live in the North Pole, correct? True. Red is a real color. And reindeer or caribou are real animals. And there are sleds that actually travel on snow. And snow does exist also, especially in colder climates, precipitation. In fact, there's snow on the ground where I, I live right now. And in the right condition, this is true, this can happen, scientifically proven, it is possible for a human being to penetrate from a roof down someone's chimney and come into their living room. Not always, but it can happen in the right circumstances. And gravity is real. And cookies are real, and cookies are edible, and they provide nutrition if you eat them, and cookies crumble. And sometimes when they eat, when you eat them, little pieces of crumbs fall out, right? But this does not mean that once a year on Christmas Eve, there's some man who you probably met in a shopping mall a week before who lives in the North Pole with a team of elves in a toy manufacturing facility that on Christmas Eve loads up this sled with all the toys for all the kids, and this sled actually flies by flying reindeer. 
and he flies all over the planet Earth with all these toys and goes down every chimney delivering toys. It's impossible. He would have to fly at 10 million miles per hour, and he would have to enter and exit 2,000 chimneys per second to canvas the whole world in a sled that was big enough to handle all of the toys. And flying reindeer, that's impossible. It's impossible. But again, there's elements of the Santa Claus theory that are true. And what's astonishing is 85% of the children in America believe the Santa Claus theory. And they believe it because their parents tell them this theory is true. And they don't have the mindset to go through the scientific logic to, to discern whether or not this is true or not. And furthermore, their parents will even put some cookies on a plate the night before. And then in the morning, the cookies are gone and they claim Santa came and ate the cookies. And they might even put some tracks on their roof and the snow to further promote this theory. This is very similar to the Big Bang Theory. In other words, it is more likely for Santa Claus to fly around our world in one night and deliver all these gifts than it is for the Big Bang Theory to be the cause and the development of our universe, my friend. Please, the Bible says clearly how the universe began. Why would we listen to men and women who deny the existence of God predominantly and come up with a naturalistic, non-scientific philosophy to, to, to inform us where we came from. When the creator of the universe tells us in his word, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1, the first verse in the word of God declares the origin of, of our universe. The heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 19, Psalm 147, God determines the number of stars. God created the universe. I created, my hands created. I stretched out the heavens, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 45, I made the earth. I created man. My hands stretched it out. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. My friend, the Bible warns you and me against believing such philosophies that are contrary to the truth of God. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the word world, and not according to Christ. The Big Bang Theory calls God a liar. This is what Satan did to Eve in the garden, called God a liar. This is the strategy from the very beginning to deceive mankind into our truth and the truth of our origin and the truth of who we are accountable to, namely the Lord God, the only God, the God of this universe who made you and me and made your brain. God gives us warnings. Warnings are out there into believing theories that are contrary to his truth. Paul writes Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 22. Listen, this is a harsh warning. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven 
against all ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown them. For God's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Darkened, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Do not believe the naturalistic, atheistic theory of Big Bang. It is not the truth. It is impossible. It is scientifically impossible. It is a theory based on naturalism, secularism, and God-denying atheism. Do not believe it. God made you and me. Use your brain. Study the truth. Please, we did not come from a little teeny ball of hot energy. Your thinking and your brain and your reason nor eternity came from a little ball of energy. It came from God. Read God's word. I said in the beginning of this podcast that I would share some sources that I've utilized that could be very valuable in your own development. I must acknowledge a few of these. Number one, AnswersInGenesis.org. AnswersInGenesis.org probably the best source for this information. There's a gentleman there who works on staff. His name is Dr. Jason Lyle. Praise God for Dr. Jason Lyle. He wrote a book called Taking Back Astronomy. I've used this book in my ministry. Check it out. It is phenomenal. Do research. They have a search engine on Answers in Genesis. .org. It is fantastic. We'll answer all your questions, articles, videos. Phenomenal. Another gentleman, Russ Miller from uh, creationministries.org. Fantastic source, excellent, full of wisdom. Praise God for Russ Miller. I read uh, Jay Seeger's book. I'm reading it now, Creation and Evolution. Excellent information in there. There's other sources that are very good. Please use your brain. Read the Word of God. Again, science and the Bible are friends. Science proves the validity of the Bible and the storyline of God. It is true. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much for listening. Spread the word.